1: Welcome to glam Mirror. hi i'm dr tavis amir and you are joining me for glam Mirror. i am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift inspire educate and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul this is Glammere. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming back to Glammere with me, Dr. Tabitha Samir. I've got some amazing women and my Power Women's Roundtable Part 1. Um, the reason I picked these lovely ladies is because they're all have they all super accomplished, and I just like that they're so generous with their time and their talent. And I want to introduce them to you. First, I have Sharon Carpenter, and Sharon Carpenter is an award-winning broadcast journalist, host, and producer. I've got Chantel Frazier, who is a founder of flawless nyc a graduate of the london school of economics and i have africa miranda who is a dynamic performer actress and spokesmodel with an amazing distinctive style welcome ladies hi. hi hello We to got two two brits in the house and welcome <laughs> back sharon
2: Great to see you it's as always. You. Yes, two Brits. I know, I they can just It's a lot of trouble, her. two <laughs> Brits
1: together. You all yeah. sound the same. Yeah, we're just <laughs> the same. yeah no one's
2: gonna know who's speaking at any given time.
1: So I kind of came up with this idea because, you know, I know all of you individually mm-hmm. and, and some of you just met for the first time today, some of you guys know each other. We all kind of came here to New York, we left our families to come here to kind of make a name for ourselves. And I think yeah. that we have a lot to teach other people. So I would like to kind of get into how did, what, what brought you to New York? Yeah, uh, uh, well, as far as
2: uh, I'm concerned, I mean, for me, growing up in the UK, I always kind of idolized American pop culture and Mm -hmm. American music and Hollywood. And so it was always kind of a dream. I didn't think I was ever going to achieve it, to be honest, when I was a kid growing up in the UK. But it was always kind of a a dream to be a part of that world. Mm -hmm. And I think growing up in the UK, um, kind of in a small town just outside London, so it wasn't really where all the action was going on. I felt like... I really wanted a more exciting life. Hmm. You know, I kind of Mm -hmm. saw everyone around me settling down with the first guy (laughs) they've ever dated. I can relate to that. Or the first girl. Just, uh, people didn't really have the same ambition, the people that I I was around for the most part. So um, I had the opportunity to come to the U.S. for university. Mm -hmm. And my parents were like, I was actually kidding around with them. I was like, oh, well, I'll go to university if you pay for me to go to the U.S. They were like, okay then. I was like, wow, really? Seriously? And then it, you know, that's exactly what I did. And I'd never been to New York before I came here for school. I just packed up my bags and left my family and... Got on a plane, and didn't you know are. what to really expect at the end of the day, but I'm so glad I did. At the end of the day, wanting an education is what got you here. Wanting an education, and then I, I also had this dream of of having my own record label right. one day. It kind of went yeah. a little different, in a dreaming. bit of a different <laughs> direction, a better direction, I will yeah. say. Yeah,
3: you don't want a record label now, you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly, oh, exactly, I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> I just
2: cover that stuff, I don't have to right? be yes.
1: So yeah. And Miss Chantelle Frazier, what brought you over? Okay, so I'm different from Sharon. Uh-huh. Different person, just Hi. in case
3: you this go. is the other yeah. No, she's me. She's <laughs> not the uh-huh. same me. person. Are you were on Empire, Sharon. Yeah. I was getting a tweet saying, no, you are, are you on Empire? No. I'm like, just because she's
1: British, oh. doesn't
3: mean we're the same person. I think I you told me, yeah. when I
1: ran into you, yeah, it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> so this is Chantelle Fraser speaking.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hi there. Yeah, I guess similar to Sharon, um, growing up, you are kind of bombarded by American culture. And... Um, I was always kind of in awe of, you know, shows like The Cosby Show and, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, I'd never seen anything like that, that before. Grand, yeah. And I was always kind of like, just I guess awed by the Amer- the idea of the American Dream. And coming to America for the first time, I I knew that it was the place that I wanted to be. Um, I think America is very class driven yeah. and I love the fact that America is more of a, a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, if you have a dream, you have a vision, you can achieve it if you set your mind to it. There's no barriers, there's no class barriers here, which says, you know, you can't achieve something if you have the education or even if you don't have the education, but you you have the 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 desire and the ambition and the lack of fear, you can accomplish that. And that's really what I feel like America, especially New York, represented to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I had the opportunity to come to America for a one week vacation. I knew that was my one chance Mm. to get here and pretty much figure it out, so I kind of told everyone, hey, I'm just, I'm moving to America, sayonara everybody. Didn't <laughs> know that was really going to happen, uh-huh. but got here and started just calling up a bunch of modelling agencies and got myself a job the first day I arrived as a modelling agent and the rest was history, and then I started my business two years later. Yes,
1: which is amazing. And Africa, talk to me about how you ended up here. In New York.
4: In New York, (laughs) well the first time, this is my second time back in the city, but my first time was actually after college. Um, I was singing, performing, doing all of that, and I actually was brought to New York from Alabama to be part of a girl group. So it was, they had the girl from down south, a girl from LA, and you know, a New York girl, and so we were in this girl group, they put us in a house in Jersey, and we were recording and doing all of that.
1: Was it filmed? um, No thank god this was
4: pre before as going to say sounds like a great show i uh, know it would have been kind of a little bit of a horror show it was like reality shows before there was one but um oh, it but it was a lot of fun like it brought me you know brought me from alabama of course the girl group went the way that girl groups tend to go cuz yeah. the one girl was dating a producer and it just it was a little bit of madness yeah. but it brought me to the city cuz i again grew up in alabama i was born in boston so we would still come to the east coast at least once once or twice a year and it would be like you know i would to pack up the car like rent a big van and we'd drive so it would always be this thing of when you're coming from the south, it's like 85 to 95 north. And my mother would always wake me up, when we were crossing George Washington Bridge. And a lot of times it would be the middle of the night. And I just would always remember like seeing the lights of the city, and I was like, "I'm getting in out." Awe. Yeah. And I move, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm moving to New York. So when the opportunity came, like I was, it was right after college. I was working for the governor of Alabama, like one of his youngest staff members, like one of the few little black girls like <laughs> running around with a clipboard. And I was so bored, and I was kind of like putting off law school and putting off like real life because I was still like going to Atlanta to sing and trying to do all those things, but still being in Alabama. So when the opportunity came to. Be in the group, and they were like, "We'll move to move you to New York." I literally like put in my two week notice, and like two weeks later, I was, you know, I was in New York and um you know stayed and it was i was here for like 5 years and did the whole like you know starving artist life in new york and it was interesting because i was familiar with the city because i would always visit but it's different when it's you move it's different when you live here it's different when you you know when you mm-hmm. live here and you're like oh i'm living in a box and i'm sharing space with people and <laughs> you know my car is getting dented every day because i didn't want to let go of this thing of like oh i have to you know these things these comforts but it was a learning experience that you know one has taken me on this journey, but it it was something that I think had I never lived here. Now I feel like I, you could drop me in the middle of a war zone and I'd yeah. be fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> After well, living it's kinda funny
1: because what brought me here was kind of similar to what, you know, Sharon and mm-hmm. Chantel were talking about. Like I was this like little, you know, ethnic Indian girl going to school, wanting to be a doctor, <laughs> and I looked at everybody around me and I'm like, I do not want to live that life. I don't mm-hmm. want to be in my forties working for someone in their sixties in a medical office. This is not for me. Yeah. I need to get out. And I knew that the way here was school for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't gonna drop out of school and move here and try and do what Africa did because that was not in my, just my parents yeah. would kick my ass, you know, so I came here for school and I knew once I you, I landed here and got here I wasn't leaving and yeah. this is what I tell people about New York and I think you all hit it with your intros. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yes, but don't come to New York to try and find yourself. You need to kind of know yeah, who you have you to are. have an idea. It may yeah. change along right, the way. But you have but to have got a gotta, sense of something exactly.
2: when you hit the city. You yeah. really do. Because otherwise you could end up in, in a
1: bad <laughs> situation. Yes, and I think, doing a any of number of things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because I think some people will go to L.A. to find themselves. I don't even know what that means to find yourself. Like I A think, lot of people do, I yeah, think, Yeah, a lot. Yeah. New York, though, you really have to have an ambition and a focus. Why did you choose a modeling agency, Chantel?
3: Because I knew I always wanted to have my own business. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wasn't going to go and work in an investment bank. What well, am I going to do in an investment bank? I'd be a cog in a
1: wheel. Yeah. I wouldn't
3: really be able to see what was going on or to see how management structure to work. So I figured if I'm going to go and get a job, it needs to be a job that I can, one, replicate myself. And two, I was always interested in managing people and you know I was interested in fashion and beauty um uh, so the modeling industry was always something that attracted me mm-hmm. and um, yeah so I, I again it's small enough that you can kind of see what's going on mm-hmm. and learn and you know just and then again everything worked out trajectory wise because within two years I pretty much knew enough I thought to to start my own company
1: and let's talk about that because several of us have companies and a lot of us that just are are good at advising like Africa you are one of the things I loved about you is you're on Periscope and you're advising other people because what you do isn't in an office yours is about you as a woman building your own brand and marketing yourself so that's something that you find passionate how did you start doing that
4: it was one of those things where I think I've always been a bit, like, very self-motivated. I was, it's, when you grow up, I tell people, like, there was a dirt road at the end of my street. Like, to to see the end of, see where things have gone from there to today, I think you have to have a, a plan in your own head because no one in my family does, you know, what I do. My yeah. family's in education and, you know, in other things, a lot of them are, are entrepreneurs, but they're not in the entertainment business. So, for me to have graduated from college and then to turn and say, well, all right, like, I'm leaving this home that I bought and the stuff that I have to, like, go and kind of turn my life upside down. Yeah. And as I Continue to do that every so few often, you know, every yes. so few years to say, okay, now I'm doing something new. My family thinks I'm a little crazy, but when they're driving and they see me on a billboard, or they can turn on the TV and I'm there, then it's like, oh, it starts to make sense for yeah. them. So for me, it was really. I tell anyone, you know, you there. A lot of times, you can have these plans, you can have these ideas. People can tell you what they think you should do, but you have to, as you said, have a sense of what you see for yourself. But then also say, am I willing to do the work to do this? And then also have a plan. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, having a degree wasn't a question. It was like, of course, you're going to college. Now, grad school was up in the air, mm-hmm. but it gave me something that I knew at the end of the day I could always fall back on. Yeah. I bought a house and I graduated from college, so I knew if all of this burnt down tomorrow, I have a home that I can go to and like rest my head. So for yeah. me, as much as people say, oh, you get in this business and you do these things, you don't have a backup plan. I believe in having, not so much calling it a backup plan, but you have to have certain foundations. Like I always worked. I always you know did other things that I was willing to do that weren't maybe as glamorous, but in order to make sure that I could survive so that I wouldn't have to make maybe desperate decisions that I think a lot of people sometimes have to turn to. So. I just think it's, sometimes it's, it's hard because a lot of times people say, well, what, what can you tell somebody to figure it out? And a lot of times I don't think there is a secret. I think, I think it's persistence. I think there is persistence, yeah. and I think some things you just have, and some people some people have it and some people don't. You know and, what I
3: think uh, it is, too? Sorry to interrupt so, you. Um, interrupt away. That's yeah. what this is about. <laughs> is, I think it is. Well, I think my number, my belief is that fear is the number one saboteur of success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. So if you live in fear of anything, you're not going to go, any, go right. anywhere. I I started my business from my bedroom, and I didn't even know how I was going to pay my rent. So, am I going to tell you if it was 2000, if it was now, mm-hmm. me at this age, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have had the balls to do it. Because you are more a, fear. Yeah, I was at that age where I just didn't right. have any fear. I wasn't thinking. the future I was thinking I was being in the present present moment I wasn't thinking well I'm not sure if I know this do I need to get more education in business to figure out how to run this Mm -hmm. and that and the other I was like you know what I just have to start and doors will continue opening and not and you know do not live in fear so I think that really is one of the keys to success I totally. I, that's yeah. yeah. Key to success,
2: actually. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, and I agree as well. And I've always kind of been more of a go with the flow kind of person. To be mm-hmm. honest, like I'll have a certain goal in mind, but it's not so rigid, mm-hmm. you know. Because sometimes, like along your journey, you realize other things about yourself, <laughs> right. and uh, you know you have other interests. You've got to be open to change. Exactly. So that's people good, always yeah. used to ask me like. It, when I first came here you know what's your five year goal I never had a five year goal I know what direction I want to go in Mm -hmm. um, but
1: it certainly changed to a certain extent along the way I think that the one thing that I find in common with all of us I feel like there are two types of people um, the people that are more grounded, those are the ones that they get married early, they have children. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that, but you're yeah. more grounded. You're more t- stuck, you know, to the earth and stability. And then there are the ones that have wings. Like we like to kind of just do things <laughs> yeah. that may yeah. not make sense, but we'll figure it out. Like for me, I came here, I went to med school, and all that sounds really nice and stable. But as soon as I was finished, I was like, I was interviewing with people who were 20, 30, 40 years older than me, and I just saw my life mm-hmm. flash in front of my eyes. And Like, uh uh, I'm not doing this. So, I just made this life for myself based on not sticking to any one stable. You know, rule and yeah. fear. Yeah. You're talking about fear, Chantel. If I'd known now about opening my own practice when I knew 10 years ago, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's probably best not to, guys, at times, you know. Yeah. But that's the thing, it's fear. Um, what do you think in the beginning were some of your biggest obstacles? Like, whether it was other people saying no or being a woman, being beautiful like you all are?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, for me, um Definitely, you know, in the TV industry and and when you're on camera, you're going to face a lot of rejection, Mm -hmm. right? So you really have to build up a a tough skin. And um, I think nowadays it seems like people are even more sensitive than they used to be, you know, when I first got into the industry. sensitive about what? Well, just sensitive about feedback and constructive criticism Mm, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually interviewed by a young woman the other day. And, um, you know, I was talking about how I learned from other people. And, you know, when I first started writing scripts, I would write them. I I worked with BET and CBS. So I used to write news scripts and I'd have um, CBS journalists track them, do Uh the voiceovers. And they would give me feedback and some were really nice about it and some weren't so nice about it. Mm -hmm. And I was telling this story. And the girl who was interviewing me, who um, I think she's in her early 20s, she was like, "Wow, but that really would have hurt my feelings, and like I would have just <laughs> closed up." And and that's happened before. Like I've worked with interns where uh, um, I'll tell them to write a script. They come to me with a script, and I tell them, "Okay, that's that's not really going right. to work. Like switch this around, do this, make sure you start with this," and then they've walked away and never come back because
1: they're they're know. really call them kind of a, a millennial thing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> to a, yeah,
2: yeah. I think so. So I was. Always open to constructive criticism and right. like I said sometimes it wasn't as nice as, as other times but then you've also got to understand when it's constructive criticism or when it's someone just being a hater because right. they wish they were in your position and you
1: can't yeah. please everyone as well because different people have different ideas yeah Um, I know for me I was in a male dominated field and they totally tried there was a lot of misogyny there was a lot of like backhanded comments like I remember one time I was sick deathly sick I'd been on call for like 24 hours and I looked like hell and um, I had a male physician make fun of the way I looked and I'm thinking if I were a a man you wouldn't and the thing is I I let him have it I said would you speak to your daughter this way I said would you speak to your wife this way do not speak to me that way so I had to deal with a lot of that a lot of people trying to push me down Mm -hmm. and diminish my light and tell me I can't do it so Mm -hmm. I think that's the difference I looked at some of their criticism as a um, challenge and I feel like you ladies did too Yeah.
2: I mean, I I feel like I I can relate to that as well because um, definitely in the entertainment world, um, you can come across a lot of sexism. And that was one of my biggest challenges too. I I have to work with a lot of guys in my field Mm -hmm. um, on the operational side, especially, you know, camera Mm -hmm. guys and editors. And I remember uh, working on a story one time I was in the edit bay and we all kind of knew that this editor was quite sexist, but mm. I couldn't believe what came out of his mouth this day. So I was I was the reporter and the producer on this piece. I was telling him how I wanted it edited. He turns to me and he says, why don't you just... Sh- why don't you just sit down, shut up, and look good? Oh. And I oh. was, you know, I was about to go off. Yikes. But I was I like, you know, so so. I gotta get this story on the right. air. Yeah. Time is ticking. The guy cannot do it by himself. I said to him, I, I was like, okay, well, there's nothing I would love more than to kick back on the couch and <laughs> look right. good. Right. But unfortunately, you cannot put this story together without my help. So why don't you shut up uh, and push the button nice. I tell you to push? Nice. And there you go. And he mm-hmm. did. See? And you
1: <laughs> girls have to be, like you being in entertainment, I mean, you were, you know, casting models. You were the one doing the rejecting, Chantal. Yeah, <laughs> be a bit of a bitch. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the rejecter, the rejecter. I was the rejecter. Yeah. <laughs> what were some obstacles that, like, for example, you had to um, overcome? Africa.
4: It's hard. It's. I think I'm one of the few people. I don't mind the. Re- I enjoy like the audition process and all those things because for me, it's just about like, okay, what didn't they like? I look at it as puzzles. Like, okay, well, what piece can I work on for next time, or what thing can I tweak? So that wasn't really the hard part. I think for me, was that coming in entertainment. Being a talent is one thing, but I always knew that I had something to say. But because of how you look, and because of you know, I came in as a singer, then was doing acting, and a lot of commercial modeling, and was the face of brands. So people didn't expect for me to really have any thought behind it. So then when they would put me in a room with people and I actually had something to say, everybody would turn and look, and I'm like, yes, like, and they don't like it sometimes. Some, and sometimes they don't. So it's it, I kind of had a really turning point moment for me in terms of realizing like owning what I had to say and kind of getting back to that space in my life where I was known for being somebody that was smart, and it was like I wasn't always. Is just sitting around going like this yeah. <laughs> um, was really being after the show on Bravo. After you spend you know a period of time, and I'm sure you know you guys that have dealt with yeah, this, a- watching kind of, yeah. your life mm-hmm. being told in a certain way, and then people relating to you because of that, you realize how important it is to speak up for yourself <laughs> yeah. and tell your own story. So really, you know, in these last couple of years after that, like I've become really passionate one about content creation and different things that I'm working on now. Like now, yes, I'm a talent on, it, but I'm also a producer. Periscope's been amazing because it's really just allowed me to kind of speak and share things in a way that is not, you know, there are no barriers to what I feel like I have to say. I'm producing mm-hmm. whatever it is that I want to talk about. So that really was has still been the hardest thing for me because I'm still brought in rooms and they're like, oh, we love you know to have you here and we'll kind of sit you up and dress you up. She's so pretty. She's so nice. And then I'm like, yeah, but okay, but if we're going to do this, then I need to be able to say this. Or now learning, okay, I have no problem asking for what I want because I know what my worth is. I know the value yeah. that I have in terms of if you want me to represent a product then what I should get. If you want me to come into a room and make your brand look better, then I know what I need and it's so it's you still get the pushback because they think you should just be happy to be there and it's like no you should be happy to have me here because of (laughs) what I bring and it's not just because of how I look so for me it's really been this thing of reminding
2: people that yes I actually have something to say of note because they do like to use the word diva yeah. Yeah, if you like, push for certain things right. and if you do know your worth and you push back if it's you're not, difficult you, or something yeah right.
1: exactly You know. well so. I just I don't think it's ever going to go away I gave my card to someone last week as a photographer at an event Chantel mm-hmm. you were with me and mm-hmm. he goes you're a doctor yeah a real doctor? I'm like, yeah, I print oh, out wow. fake business cards. Right. Yeah. So I want to, okay, so you, Chantel, were on the other end where you were casting. Yep. And you, like, you basically still am, decided, yeah. still, but you're, like, on the other side of it. Have, did you ever have to face criticism uh, as to what you were doing? Or did you just kind of come in, balls to the wall, and tell everybody else why they don't look good?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I've never really faced it. Oh, my first working as a modeling agent, I did... One of the, um, the owner of the agency did tell me I was fat, which traumatized me. (laughs) (laughs) I was told I was fat once by my boss. I
1: That's when I left the job oh. and started my own company. I was oh, like, wow. okay, peace I'm going to do this bro. myself. Yeah. I was told that my pants were too tight, but they were talking about the other girl who was Egyptian. And I'm like, you can't even get us straight. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, my She's, boss told me I was fat. He was like, you're going to have to lose 10 pounds. And then he realized it was the angle that they always had me standing at when I, I, I shot the I think was a bit
3: chunky. <laughs> 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 I'm <like, laughs> but like, what does it matter anyway? I'm in front of the camera. Wow. What
1: made you guys decide you're going to do your own thing? Because you guys have a very interesting backgrounds. Like, Chantel, you own Flawless, which is a modeling kind of uh, agency. And you, you create events. And Sharon, you've been in, on so many projects. And you're just on Empire and Africa. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're on billboards all over the country. And you're a spokesperson. Like, what drove you to get there? Like, I just want people to understand and maybe get tips from that. Well, when I was
3: younger, I think my father was definitely one of my role models mm-hmm. and he used to read a lot of before you know you had the secret and all that mm-hmm. he used to read a lot of you know positive thinking books and you know power of the mind and mm-hmm. all this stuff And he used to tell me you know you can be whoever you want to be you can be you know the, your basic version you can be your medium version of yourself or you can be the best version of yourself yeah. and he said what does the best version of yourself look look like and I always had that in mind. I said, "Well, the best version of myself would be, you know, being in control of my own life, being able to make decisions, being able to, you know, live freely." Like my goal has always been to be free mm-hmm. to do, to go where I want when I want. Yeah. To, you know, set my own time. So for Not me to have my, to be my, yeah, at 9 yeah, a nine a.m. on the my, Oh my god! Yeah. 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 So if you, if you, the other day I was reading about what nurses were saying were people on on their deathbed their number one well the top five regrets and the number one regret was working too much and not really enjoying themselves and embracing their lives and what life has to offer so my thing is that I always want to develop I want to grow and just really experience life and whatever tools it takes for me to to achieve that and that that vehicle happens to be owning my own business and creating financial freedom for myself in an area which I am passionate about, then so be it, like I'm able to, I'm off to India for a month in, you know, in January, to sit on a mountain top and meditate. Oh, yeah. and oh, that's, that's amazing. Amazing. So yeah. no work involved, you're just <laughs> nice. the cell phone um, away. I do the want phone to know Is no there gonna
1: phones. be Wi Fi on that mountain top? <laughs>
2: no
3: <laughs> Wi Fi, okay. Nice. Oh
1: my god. I don't know uh, what I'm gonna do. My thumbs are gonna luck. be like uh,
3: yeah. I've never been without my phone for more than uh, half an hour. It's oh, gonna wow. be amazing. No, that's gonna phone.
4: it's gonna be nice. I love when I travel and like for the first couple of hours when you realize the connection and places are bad, but then by the by the end of the day I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm able to like disconnect. Except for the hands, I've never
3: been able, I just never, no. I, I haven't disconnected before.
2: I just really? If I leave my so. phone at home for like an hour, yeah. I'm, I'm freaking out. I won't like, I'm go missing down what's going on, you know, social when I'm here, media. When I'm, I here, but when I'm, I'm just, traveling, like, that's my time to like, reconnect and recharge. So it's like,
4: I'm, I'm I'm super excited when it's like, the service is bad. Like, yeah. okay. I associate my email with money. Yeah.
3: So I don't know what's coming in my email box. Yeah. 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 Be another yeah I'm yeah, like, I need to be, I'm like attached to that
2: thing. Oh, I'm using, you know, Spotify on my phone or whatever like we use our phones for so many different things nowadays right
1: I know but I you know I want to talk about everybody calls themselves a boss a boss a boss I'm a boss I'm a boss I have to tell you that doesn't mean you're a leader so I feel like you women are leaders. I know you're googling over there. <laughs> <But> like,
2: I've <laughs> had some bosses who weren't necessarily. But you know leaders. what I'm saying? Like, you, <laughs> see, you
1: call yourself a boss, but that doesn't mean you're a leader. And the reason I feel like you women are leaders is because you give back and try to. I think if you educate. have to put on your Instagram that say, you're a boss, right? I was just going to say boss. anything that you have to like
4: shout from the mountaintops, like whatever you are yeah. is what you are. Like people, you know, people, people
2: will see it for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so
4: exactly. Like those, your, your receipts show themselves. Like I don't, yeah. I don't get into this whole
2: thing. Like I'm a boss. I'm a. I'm just, it's just like, like a cool term to. To use right now. But what does it mean? I, I just
1: like think it. I feel like it means nothing. It means like, nothing. I think I, can, I feel I can like really it the boss, the boss it. of what? <laughs> like, I don't, I'm, I'm
4: like, what are you the boss? Like, I don't, and when people do that, I'm just like, the I boss of, chick, boss chick. Yeah, right? that's a big hashtag. I'm a boss. I'm on, a boss. On, it's like, what does that Instagram? mean?
1: Because I think you can be a boss, whatever the heck that means. That doesn't mean you're a leader. A real leader yeah. actually knows how to give back and to educate others and provide a service that other people can learn from.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I think so yeah. as well. And I think I think a lot of people are kind of on this thing of being an entrepreneur nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Because it's cool. I mean, in America, you know, uh, America is very kind of mm. um, nurturing to entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Not like the UK. Absolutely. Really. But I think this is the thing. This was my way of, of kind of getting to that, that place where I want to do my own thing, right? Where I am doing my own thing. Gaining experience elsewhere. I think just starting your own thing with ab- absolutely right. no experience <laughs> is yeah. probably yeah. Like, not the exactly. best idea. Right. What, what I did, I mean, I've worked for so many different networks. And you, you know, learned CBS, from ET, it. Exactly. I've worked with Russell Simmons and Diddy and the BBC. And I've learned every step along the way. I've learned, like, you know, a tremendous amount of valuable information. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Where starting my own thing would be, uh, you know, the right time is the right time to do this. And then it's also opportunity to a certain extent, um, my business partner, you know, just meeting some of the right people to have Mm -hmm. on your team. That can be really important as well, because if if you've got the wrong person, um, you know, you're destined to fail if you don't absolutely yeah. see to that quickly
4: yeah because part of and I think that's the thing with leadership is that it's also acknowledging the responsibility that comes with saying okay I'm going to actually lead people because you're saying now I'm responsible for these people on my team of one inspiring them educating them bringing this project together and making it come to fruition and I think a lot of people want to just say that they're an entrepreneur or say that they're a boss but you're to do those things like it comes with responsibility and like I watch work, yeah. it is a lot yes. of work and for me it's like I watch my family like I do come from a family of entrepreneurs my family in Alabama were some of the early like people that owned land and own businesses, like I grew up in my grandfather's store, like on the you know like on the cash register, like that was play. So you take it for granted, but you realize that you know when you talk to most people, a lot of people grew up as employees. They watch their families employees. So it's a, it's a different mindset, and not to say that you can't transfer from that mindset into one, but you have to have like you said some sort of foundation. And even yeah. for me, even growing up with that background, I still had jobs. Like you have to know yeah. how to follow. You have to know how to you know go to you learn. To know what the, the process industry. Is. Exactly. You've got to know the industry. But how are you? a boss yeah. has something. like a yeah. boss of nothing like I the know. emperor has no clothes on but like so, so many people so many well. Well, people I think that
3: when you are a leader, you also have to let go of your ego. Exactly. Yes, that check is one your ego. of the biggest things. You just yeah. have to check, exactly. check your ego at the door and be open to other people's ideas exactly. and be open yeah. to nurturing other people and not being like, you know, this is my, my show, my yeah. thing. You know, right. it's yeah, a group yeah. effort. You know, everybody's here to gain and to grow together organically. So and I you're think not you really always have right. To project exactly. <laughs>
1: you've got to realize you're not always exactly. right. And I kind of uh-huh. look at it like this a boss. Whatever you want to say, that whole term for boss, that's sort of to me like a dictator who thinks that they're right no matter right. what. Yeah. Like I'm the boss. Yeah. A leader yeah. is someone who leads, inspires, and never exactly. stops. That's totally different. Learning. Motivates, yes. yeah, exactly. Because like Sharon just said, I don't always know everything, yeah. you know? I um this podcast thing is a newer venture for me. I didn't come in here thinking that I knew everything by any means and I check my ego at the door because when I'm here talking to you guys it's not about me although it is right this second
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I'm saying Uh I
1: see that with each of you in terms of what you've done like Africa gives these amazing scopes I I actually met let me tell you I met Africa (laughs) I'm on Periscope we're both kind of like the early kind of like adopters Mm -hmm. of adopters of of Periscope and I would watch her and I'd be like she was on Bravo I was on Bravo And you know a lot of people assume because you were on TV and the two of you as well um, that you were going to have some kind of ego well, I just saw how kind she was, how patient she was, how she answered everybody's questions, and how she didn't have a, like an attitude. I mean, some of these questions are, are not <laughs> always people are a little lefty, <laughs> <laughs> and she was just very patient. I'm like, you know, this is actually a cool person that yeah. I can see who's accomplished a lot and doesn't feel like it takes away from her to give, right? And yeah. I saw that when I see that in each of you, um, and that's what I think a real leader is. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I. I Well, I
2: I was going to say I am kind of guilty of of one thing which is when I was in the UK I was definitely very very sweet natured and I think I still have a lot of that but I think being in New York can harden you a little bit Um, you know people definitely want to try your patience sometimes and that sort of thing and a lot of the time you're kind of under a a time crunch Mm -hmm. you know you don't have a lot of time so to get stuff done and to get it done you know um, of a high quality so I used to be really amazing when it came to writing emails and being very gentle when I would give Mm -hmm. people feedback and that sort of thing and give them the compliment sandwich where you say something nice (laughs) and then tell them what they did wrong and then something nice again. But nowadays, because I barely have time for that and it takes too much thought and I've got to get to the next thing, sometimes I'm probably like uh, maybe a little more direct than I used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Sometimes i, I got to uh, kind of step back and think, think, okay, how can I phrase this in a way that's not going to be offensive because people are so sensitive yes. these days. Oh, they're so the sensitive. The younger people, yeah. yeah. That's surprising, actually, because, I mean, well, I was going to say, but actually... <laughs> You're
3: not you know, like that. No, well, I'm not sensitive at all, funnily enough. But yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say your behavior in terms of, you know, speed and stuff, I think that's just kind of indicative of the... Kind of timer in like the millennial time because like, yeah. everything's so fast. Yeah. Like you don't wait, you know, even if you wait for an app to download, you know, <laughs> even if you're, you know, waiting more than five seconds for an app to download yeah, these yeah, days, yeah, that's it's too long. Yeah, it's too long. You know, so I, would think, I was surprised that you're saying that people are so sensitive because you would think that, you know, everyone would be used to a quick one word, two No, people
4: are sensitive No, I feel like I've kind of, I've gotten some of my, like when I was in New York the first go round. I think when I first left and I moved I I didn't move back to Alabama, I moved to Atlanta and it took me about a year or two to like decompress because I was still very like, you know you're here and it's just like you have to, you know, you're very hard and I, you know when I was I was back in Atlanta for about five years and i had softened, and I but in a weird way I, I miss that part of me because at the end of the day I'm southern like and I and I yeah. love that part of myself <laughs> yeah. but coming back I think it's been I feel like I found a nice hybrid that I can still pull from you know that, that harder edge when I need to yeah. but I'm finding that it's been serving me better to like you know I'm still very direct with people yeah. but I can do you know but it's I've found I think and I don't know if it's like this whole southern thing where it's like I'll do it with a smile but I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what I will and I won't do and it's okay and I'm fine saying no but I'll do it with a smile and if you like it if you don't and it's and it's it's okay but it's it's been interesting like now I'm in a different space because when I was here the first go round it was very much like I was like okay I've got to fight this city and it's like everything was an argument everything was like push 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 because I wanted everything so bad and then I think with Atlanta it was a release the first two years I moved down there I wasn't doing anything in the business people were like didn't you do and I was like nope I don't do anything and I kind of fell into commercial modeling because honestly I'm short it wasn't something that I even thought about and it's really what changed my life like I stopped relaxing my hair so I walked into like an agency with like a big curly wild mane of hair and she was like we love you and like it literally changed the trajectory of my life and it kind of softened me um, in terms of a lot of things in my career and just my like I just didn't feel like I had to fight so much anymore and I was getting success just being myself and I think the first go around in New York was very much me trying to fit into this box of like, okay, the R and B box or you know, the label wants you to be like this or they need you to try to be like this and I just it kind of freed me up to just say I'm just gonna be me and I think coming back this go round, I was just like, I can just really be myself and yeah. if you don't like it, it's kind of okay. But I think, t- yeah. I think that's yeah. age. And I, I, my, and one, I think that's age. And I might think that's probably too to say
3: about leadership too. Oh okay. Thinking about it Okay. I think that one of the key qualities of leadership is the ability to listen to others and make other people feel good about themselves. I I see that quality in you, Tamsen. You're very good with people. And I think you can have intelligence book smart, but you have to have high social intelligence. Absolutely. Yeah. I think oh. the people who have social intelligence plus are a bit book smart, they're the ones that go really yeah. far yeah. in life because they're able to, to listen to really relate to people. And it's not just about them, like, Here, here's my story. What about you? Let me listen to mm-hmm. your story and, right. you know, empathize with you. And you get very few people that really want to listen to you. Exactly. Like I have a friend, and she doesn't understand why she can't find a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, well, you sit, or, so what do you know about this part you went on a date with him tell mm-hmm. me what you know about him <laughs> know. And then I'll I think i the, we have the same friend because <laughs> I have
2: uh, I a friend who's in the exact same position But she, yeah. just she talks exactly right. Yeah.
3: I'm mean, like, she knows nothing about anybody else and she's like you're so weird you you know things about people you like really know I'm like no them. I just you have a yeah. conversation
2: you do. but I will say I think it can be difficult for women sometimes especially women who are doing their own thing and very career focused because it does become about you to a certain extent right yeah. you've got to sell yourself and then sometimes women end up taking that on dates with them. Yes. Right? Yes. And and really, men like to talk. They like mm-hmm. to talk. They like you to ask yes, questions and, yeah. and, and laugh at whatever they're saying. Right. Do you you like do. You,
1: oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: and we forget, <laughs> I think, sometimes. You don't have to pitch so, your date. Yeah, no, you don't exactly. have to pitch your date. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You're not there to sell yourself. You gotta, you know, make him feel
1: like a man yeah. and, and,
2: you know, that you're interested in what
1: he has to say. And Yeah. I always, um, I had heard this once when I was younger and I don't remember who told me this, but if you are with someone and you're the one doing all the talking you need to realize that <laughs> you are sitting there thinking, oh, this person's really into me. They really like me. <laughs> and they're oh like... Oh, my God. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're not paying attention to the fact they have checked out yeah, <laughs> several yeah, minutes yeah, ago. Yeah.
2: Some people don't even realize. They, yeah, they <laughs> don't.
1: And it's funny because I'm, I'm in that situation a lot. I'm sure you guys are, Tipo, where... Um, yeah. And it doesn't even talk about dating. Like, for me... <laughs> I can't even tell. Like I've actually thought about making up a career. Like, I was on this date with this one guy once, and he's like, what do you do for... I'm like, oh, I'm a doctor. He's like, well, where did you go to school? And he's like, I bet my PhD's better than yours. I went to Harvard. Oh, and I was oh like, oh, my God, God, check, please. So I'm oh. like, maybe I should go on a date and pretend to be like, I don't know what. I, I, I Oh, I decided I was going to be a buyer for some company, mm-hmm. like Nordstrom. Mm. Oh, my God, me too. That's what I did. Da, da, da. Uh, and I'm like, oh, uh, okay, so I'm that's so yes, not going to work. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a stewardess. Do you still call them that? An airline? Flight uh, attendant. Flight <laughs> attendant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, men can be intimidated, right?
2: like yeah. Thing. But there's but two
1: schools of thought. Yeah. Okay, do you dumb yourself down? Because I don't think you should. They say men no. can be intimidated. I get yeah. it. I've heard this all before. You're too intimidated. That's not them, though. La la la. They need to fix but that. Don't yeah. you think? Like if a man really likes you and is really into you, he would just suck it up and deal with it. I've had women who are far more intimidating than me have been married several times over. So but <laughs> they still may end up
2: feeling like they're in competition
1: with you. Yeah, yeah. I, um, use, I get
2: that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting. I mean, that was that was a guy who I was. Dating before I made a name for myself, Mm -hmm. and he was well known, and he used to get a, a lot of attention every time we went out. And then, you know, we're still friends to this day, and now I get a lot of attention when I go out, you know, depending on where I'm going, just because some of the stuff I've done you and some of the TV it, stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he hates it. Even oh, as yeah. my friend, when I'm out with him, if people recognize me over him, like, he feels really uncomfortable with it. There can't it. be two stars. And, yeah. yeah. Right. See, yeah. I
3: believe in that saying. My mother has said, you should always find a man that loves you, loves you, more, you more than, than you, you love, love him. him. Yeah. I, I don't I think, agree. How about... a competition with a man... It's it's I, just never going to work. never, ever going to work. If
1: you're competing for the mirror, yeah. any competition, forget it. <laughs> I've never I've dated many work. models in my life, and yes, a competition for the mirror is not a good one. Uh, <laughs> you're a mobilizer, to Oh say. No, she's a no. reformed reformer no longer of that, of yeah, that no. nature. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glammere with Dr. Taba Samir. I want to talk about money and dating. Okay. Um, I am by no means a gold digger. I have my own money. But I don't think I can be with someone who doesn't have that same... Success level that I do, I think it breeds insecurity or more. Insecurity. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about dating someone who has less money or makes less not money? Not into it. You, really I mean, you should just be friends. I mean, you should just tell us how you really feel. I should just be friends. I feel too bad by myself. Um, and I right. Would by myself. Like, yeah, right. Why we come together? Like,
3: I can I travel business class on my own coin. Yeah. So I don't. I, I travel when I want and I go for however long I want to go for. So if I'm with a man that doesn't have, it's not really just about who let's go out and buy prod. Because that's to me is yeah. just whatever materialistic stuff. But if you don't have, again, freedom is my thing. If you don't have the yeah. freedom yeah, to live life right. the way you want to live it, yes. if you have to call me to say, "Well, I have to get to two weeks off from of my oh, boss." God, I'm yes. like, "No, honey, this isn't going to work for me." Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. just you got to meet me. And where I, I, am. I think.
2: All of us are probably a little spoiled to a certain extent yeah. with it regards does. to, I yeah, it. I think we're all probably a little spoiled. One, we can do it ourselves, and two, probably because of some of the men that we're around. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: it does one. it does skew your reality in terms yeah. of what. Uh,
1: my yeah. friend once asked me, because I, she was the opposite. She was very much about, I want a man to pay for everything, and I don't want to work for the rest of my life. And I said to her, I don't think your handbag or your shoes are going to matter when you're like having a baby and your legs are up in the air, you know? But she said to me once, she's like, would you rather have a man that can fix a broken shelf or pay to get it fixed? And I looked at her and I said, both. Because you get a man who pays for it, he's going to have you know just, I, I'm afraid of men with too much money because I'm not. i not why <laughs> <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> I, they're always going to love their money more than you but I don't want to date someone who doesn't have anything Mark Zuckerberg se- seems like
2: a, a good man he seems like a good man to his wife yeah is he uh. the brother I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> but, but does that concern you? Like, if you're with a guy, if for me, I definitely think I can't be with someone who makes less than me because it's just too much. Too much. I don't want to be paying for dinner yeah. every time. I don't. Oh. Want so to you stop.
4: couldn't be J Lo dating your backup dancer. Maybe if, if I you J-Lo. have like,
1: five, I, I feel like, is there a
4: point though where, it, as a woman, if you have so much money that it doesn't matter anymore? I just feel I, like, it, or just it still, guys, do they really okay.
1: love you for you? I don't know. Like, yeah. I have a patient of mine who came in, and this woman is loaded. Her father is very loaded, and she has a younger boyfriend, and they have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. But sometimes... I- you don't know like he's right. definitely proven himself he's so good to her and her kids but I've seen situations where the younger man is with the woman for, oh, for the money yeah. and that to me is gross but like, what is he with her for what is he, he, she, she with,
3: him, with for. him for his looks and his prowess in
4: the bedroom <laughs> probably so <laughs> their yeah. masculine feminine roles have, have <laughs> switched well I
2: think also like with someone like JLo who has gone out you know was married to Mark Anthony who mm-hmm. you know you were talking there about were the two men, stars, there were two stars. Yeah, yeah it's like you've got two stars and then the, a man like her uh, back I mean, he can just be absolutely dote on her, you know, it's all about her. Um, She's put on a pedestal. And that's something that a man who is on the same level or higher may not do in the same sort of way. So I get why some women find that attractive. Um, but there's a downside to it as well. Yeah, yeah
4: I don't, don't. want to feel like I'm. You're
2: buying your own engagement
1: right?
4: That would, <laughs>
2: I, that would never. We would just have to just
1: date yeah. or
4: just be in, be Oprah and just be together. In, like I just yeah, I'm, well, I want a man's man. I have
1: been in those situations where I've been with that kind of a guy, and I tell you what, there was one time where I was on a date with this beautiful, oh so beautiful <laughs> 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 pictures,
2: pictures. Norwegian, food. beautiful,
1: just like if they made a mold of the perfect man, this guy was it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Um, in fact, I might call him after this. I'm <laughs> <so excited. laughs> <laughs> but we were at dinner, and um, when our, gi- our person we were at dinner with got up to leave, he's, he's like, Hey, give me your credit card. Oh,
4: uh-uh. No, 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 no way. Oh. No, 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 no,
2: no. My friend Dudley hit me. No. He said oh, yes. to me,
3: 10 guys, what did she say? Level 10 guys equal level 10 problems. And that's
2: obviously what you had. Level Negative 10. Negative
1: minus 10. Oh, right? can I tell you one? Can I tell you
2: one? When I was in England, and there was a guy that I was dating, and I went out to an event and uh, he was there and he was like oh I'll give you a ride home and I said okay great he was like oh, do you, you, know you do have, have 15 pounds petrol money are you joking <laughs> no, no I'm not joking like, oh, I was so disgusted I mean I, I was just I was absolutely disgusted oh, like my God. seriously I Petrol know. money? No. Oh, my God. And he wasn't a kid. Oh See, my my mom was
3: really strict on me. I was, like, trained, like, yeah. for military <laughs> training for my mother. <laughs> well, I remember buying my boyfriend a, a birthday present, and she went mental at me. She did. She yeah, did she's even. like, you should be buying gifts for men. I'm like,
4: where's his birthday, woman? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, my friends me, and I were just talking like, like, yes, about that yes, last night. We're not big like really male like, When I was younger, I did it, but as an adult, I'm like, why? Like, I just... It, the women that like shower men with oh, all no. these gifts yeah. no, and no, like, no, no, no. you know,
1: he's a man. I dated a he really, really, a- really, really wealthy British guy once, and he wanted to buy me shoes. Chantal, please don't vomit because I know you're going to hate me for this story. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to buy me shoes. He wanted to buy me a purse. He wanted to do that. I said no. I'm going to be different than these other girls that he's, you know, like used yeah. that like, using for his money. I'm going to show him how much I care by not getting him to buy me those things. Can I tell you the worst mistake ever? He should have <laughs> bought that for me because he's gone in the. <laughs> Exactly. the same, right? those times when it's like you try to prove that, it's like it really yeah. And I think know. it, no. like, just it, it get the almost nice emasculated him not to be able to buy that for me. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this girl? All I do for women is buy them stuff and here I am thinking, I'll show you. And, <laughs> and that's his way of,
4: you yeah.
2: know. But yeah. I, I will say this though, I think it is nice if a guy is really, really good to you and spoils yes. you and makes you feel good. I think it's good to reciprocate sometimes. A and massage. Not, I, <laughs> 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 well, I never used to do it, right? And yeah. then I realized, Realized, okay, like I, there was one guy who I dated and he was um, someone who I lived with as well mm-hmm. and I think that's the first time I really realized, oh, okay, guys need that back. Yeah, you know, you, you, like, you to want to be it. thoughtful and mm-hmm. you're in the store and you see something they might like, maybe you pick that up if they're constantly getting you stuff and I, buying you stuff I and taking you, you away and it's all about you all the time, I think, You've got a my joke is like oh that's our
4: movie date like that's that's so everybody's like oh you like him you took him to the movies that's always like my little (laughs) it's
2: like my Kiki date like babe
4: (laughs) I'm gonna take you to the movies anything you want is on me so that's my (laughs) I used
1: to I used to have this one friend who would do this thing where she was like let's go let's meet up on the weekends and they'd have brunch like in the Meatpacking District here in um, New York Mm -hmm. and then afterwards they'd go shopping because there's like so many stores around there so they'd walk around she's like you know how I test them? and this I do not recommend but this is the opposite of what I do she would actually go and buy stuff and put. It at the counter
0: to oh, see if he'd brave. pay for it.
1: I know. Oh my god. Um, I know. See, I, I know. I'm someone who, like, if I go out on a first
2: date with someone, I'll offer. Really? To pay. I will offer because, why? I, think it, because did he, I think did. you guys meet halfway to decide well, to Well, no, go on no, a date? I don't expect him to accept the offer. But, but I will. I, I just feel like it's polite. I just feel like I don't want to be expectant even though I am expectant to a certain extent. I feel like if it's that if I don't know you that well I I'm gonna say can I give you something for this? You know, like really? I just feel like it's not But he asked Do you want to do Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well it, it, and, and I, I have you' say saying your beauty and your time and your effervescence I think you're absolutely right. I don't expect <laughs> them to accept it, but I will offer. And I've been what if in situation once. Daniel, right, and then you can't. Really <laughs> oh, oh, well, like <laughs> you so like, then would you
1: not like him <laughs> if he then, like, then?
2: Oh yeah, I won't like him if he accepts. Well, I won't like him if accepts. he said
1: no. It would be game
2: what over. What if he said? What if he did say? All right, thanks, love. Oh no, then that's it. Never again. Which be
3: like, all right. So then you have to go in and pay. Well, I
2: don't say here. Let me let me take. Care for this she- I say, can I give you something? And usually that well you know well, ninety like, nine point you know, nine percent of the like time 15, like you no know, just keep it But the thing is you on. need someone that's, that's gonna know yeah. yeah. you already know right there that you know he's he's But not the, the guy hard you part of that is somebody else may pay for the first date and then expect you to pay for the next date you know you already have yeah. that. I think that's kind of what you I had this conversation
4: with like my cousins and some friends when we were having like girl talk and I was like I've never paid for like I didn't dates even know that existed ever like it, I was like from when I was 15 oh, 16 it to now they in my, like, to, uh, well. and they're like well why they're like a guys and I, was, like, I was like maybe I just give off something where they, it doesn't where they know don't even say like it's never come up to like I was like even my male friends if we're hanging out like they are pay- like I was like I don't I'd, like, I bring, like, an ID and make sure I have a $20 bill to get home. Like, it's not... I
2: just... Can yeah. I just give you a quick example yeah. of something similar but different? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had a lot of young girls reach out to me and say, can I meet up with you to pick mm-hmm. your brain, etc. I'll meet up with them and go out of my way to do it. And But a couple, you know, will get tea or coffee or whatever. Maybe we'll get something to eat. And then the bill comes and then they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take care of it because I'm, girls, I've got money so, yeah. and I'm older than you and I'm going to take care of it. But I at least want you to say can Thank I you. take care of this yeah. or can I give you I've said you something to people like, I've something. said something these to and don't no these oh, are man. females these are females but it's a, it's a similar kind of a thing yeah. Like I, because if I'm
4: taking you to get your information yeah, and your time yeah exactly,
2: exactly but exactly. they don't
4: some people just, now don't know well I feel like, but I feel like that's an Oprah, that's a teachable moment. Yeah, like even if they don't have it, but to tell them, like, if you're you know you want to get somebody's time and information, it's valuable. So if you can't afford, let's just meet at Starbucks. At least, offer. I will pay. But just in America,
3: people don't reciprocate as much at bars. Like I think in England, when you go to a bar, I'll go to the bar and i will be like, hey okay I'll get this round and automatically you're trained that like you Sharon or we'll but get the next round yeah, yeah they do yeah, they, they do, 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 it, do in that in America in if you go to the bar you get a round yeah. you go to the bar again you might politely go do you want a drink they'll say no, yeah I will
1: be like yeah I guess. say <laughs> to you <laughs> oh I yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, got yeah, the last yeah, one I know yeah. and on a final note because I feel like we need to do this again <laughs> yeah. yeah again because this was uh, seriously I have so much more to talk about yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be said with manners something to be said with being a Uh, being uh, aware of how the other people around you feel and that's one of the things that I love about you ladies is that you're always aware of your people and how you make them feel and um, you're very strong examples of What's next, I think. So You too. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to continue this again, because I feel like we didn't even touch on dating. So that's not my idea. <laughs> we have so like much, that's much more to talk about. Thing. Thank you all so much. Can you just shoot your uh, Twitter or your uh, social you media handles for Mike. me, Sharon? Yeah, um, I'm at
2: Sharon Carpenter on uh, IG, on Twitter, and on Periscope, even though I haven't used it yet. But I'm going <laughs> to learn some, some tips from Yay. these ladies. Yes.
1: <laughs> and then...
4: Uh, I'm Africa Miranda on all my social media platforms. So, Snap, IG, Pinterest, Tumblr, Everything. Facebook, Instagram, Periscope.
1: Chantel. <laughs> I
3: am on Instagram, Chantel.Fraser. That's C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L-E. And dot Fraser with an S, not Fraser. It's <laughs> F-R-A-S-E-R. And my Twitter is Shanti Fraser. Fab. you guys Shanti with a
1: Y. Shanti okay. with a Y. You guys, I can't wait to have you back on for round two. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so much fun.